Hey everybody, welcome to A Journey, A Personal Growth Podcast. I am so pleased you joined me today because it's very, very special. We have Megan Ernst. She is a photographer from Ontario. She has a tremendous story. I think you're really going to enjoy this. All right, guys, welcome to the show. We've got Megan. I'm so happy you joined us. I think uh, we're going to have a very good chat. We've done this once before. We're doing the retake. We, we're going to nail it this time. So why don't you just start off with a little bit about who you are, where you came from. All right. So my name is Megan Ernst. Um, uh, I am from the little town in Bowmanville, Ontario. Um, yeah, I'm a wedding photographer, but uh, I guess we're going to talk about how I got there. Yeah, got exactly. here, I guess. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the town you grew up in. Oh, Bowmanville. It's a really small town. Um, we just got a Walmart, so it's starting to grow. Uh, it's, actu- it's actually impossible to buy a house out there right now, which sucks. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I come from a pretty small town. Um, you pretty much know everybody in the town. If not, you're an acquaintance or you know somebody that knows that person. So it's pretty tiny. Um, I really love it, though. It's a, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody knows everybody. So it's kind of nice. So I met you working at Journeys, which is a shoe store in Dartmouth. So how did you end up there? Okay, so um, me and my boyfriend and our roommate just kind of picked up and decided that we wanted to head out east. And uh, this all happened, actually, because uh, we were all finishing school around the same time. Um, we We were all living together in Scarborough in Ontario and we were, we were all finishing school around the same time. And, uh, you know, we were kind of at that age where we thought if we're going to go and experience a new province, live in a different place and get that experience, it was, it was then. So that was the time. And, uh, what helped us along as well is that our really good friend, Christina, that we also had met through journeys in out here in Oshawa, um, she had moved out to the East coast, just about a year before we did. So uh, she gave us, you know, a place to stay while we got on our feet. Um, I was still working for the company in retail at the time, so she just ended up transferring me. So I had a job, um, Justin had a job, and we all kind of secured positions before we went out there, and having her giving us a place to stay just kind of sealed the deal. So we, because we didn't have to look for a place until we were ready and and got out there. So that's kind of how we made our way out east. Um, we spent about a year out there, and then we ended up moving back. So the the move out here was more just for you know life experience was kind of the exactly. idea behind that. So what did you take in school? You mentioned you had just finished that. Yeah, so I took behavioral science technology in school at George Brown College in Toronto. Um, I loved it. Uh, I still love it. It's it's a passion uh, of mine as well as photography. Uh, but yeah, we just learned about um, human behavior and kind of why people do the things that they do. And it was kind of a huge eye opening experience for me. And, you know, not only did I get skills for uh, my field, I got skills for everyday life. And uh, I could not be more grateful because, you know, like I said, I still love it. It's still a huge passion. And not many people can say that, you know, what they went to school for, they still love. So I'm really lucky. And kind of just based off previous conversations with you, 
I know moving out east was more of a life experience thing, but just tell us what mm-hmm. happened right before you moved with, because you just finished your uh, schooling and a job came up. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I actually got offered, uh, well, I had an interview. I applied to my, my dream job, if you will. Um, what happened was I had co-opted for them in, I think, my second last year of school. So they had gotten to know me and they basically said, you know, when you're out of school, come and, come and apply. So I went and applied. I ended up finding out a little bit too late, actually, that I did get the job. Uh, we had already kind of made up our minds that we were going to move and have this experience. So I had to decline. So I respectfully declined, but I was really sad about it. Um, however, we were going into this experience, so I was really excited about that too. Um, but they said, keep in touch with us. So throughout the year that we lived out east, I, I did keep in touch with the supervisors Um from Lakewood Community and Support Services, and uh, I ended up actually, which we will talk about a little bit later, I ended up actually working for them when I came back home, so, yeah, so it's kind of- that was hard, but hard leaving a job that I really, really wanted, but also this experience was on the rise, so. Well, it sounds like you had enough self-awareness that you knew that you had to do this at this time, because later in life yeah. might not be super ideal for you. Um, exactly. So kind of what I'm wondering is like we worked together here and all of a sudden I blinked and you were gone. Like yeah. what what was what pulled you back to Ontario? Well, Justin and I uh we really missed friends and family, mostly family obviously. Uh we really missed our family and we just got kind of homesick and it was great out there with our two best friends. We couldn't have asked for better company. Uh but it was just starting to get to that point. So what had happened was I started to get super anxious. So before leaving, um, I had a few, uh, I think one panic attack actually during school while I was in college. And, you know, it was something that I had never experienced before. So it was, it was pretty scary, but I, uh, I seeked help for it. So I went to my doctor and, you know, they checked on me and said I was, I was good to go. I, you know, I didn't really need anything from there. I was, I could have, you know, been fine on my own sort of thing. So I didn't need any medication. Um, but my doctor said that there was, you know, anxiety kind of coming to, to rise, starting to show its true colors. So we just kind of left it at that. Um, again, we came out to the East coast and throughout that year, things started changing, um, personally for me, uh, mentally for me as well. And I just started to get super shaky uh, which really freaked me out because my brother had been diagnosed with MS. Um, and a lot of the symptoms from MS tend to overlap. So I think that I started to just get really scared that maybe I had MS, right? So, um, I got really scared. I got, you know, I started to have a lot of symptoms of anxiety now that I know that what it was. Um, yeah, I started to have a lot of, you know, I started to lose a bunch of weight. I started to get super moody. Um, my leggings wouldn't even fit like tight leggings would just fall off of me cause I lost so much weight and that's not like me. Like I, I love pizza. I love pasta. <laughs> I love all that stuff and ice cream and, and everything. So, I mean, I'm a tiny, tiny person anyways, but so losing a lot of weight is, is pretty scary just like that. And uh, it seemed to happen really quickly. Also, my brother was going through through some stuff back home. 
and uh, I had come to visit him. It was a really hard time for my family and I, and that's where I started to notice that my symptoms got a little bit worse. And again, I started to, to freak out about the whole MS thing. So what had happened was uh, since my brother was having kind of a hard time, I really wanted to be here for my family, my mom, my brother, everyone else that was going through, you know, what we were going through with him. And uh, so that kind of made up our mind, mine and Justin's mind to, to come back home so that we could be here for them. And uh, so we did. We ended up coming home and... Which what was really cool uh, was that uh, as we were driving, so 17-hour drive to get from Halifax to Oshawa, 17-hour uh, drive, we literally just saw the sign coming into Ontario, and I got a phone call from Lake Ridge. So like I had said before, I kept in touch with them through the year, uh, told them that I was coming home, you know, sometime in, I think it was July or August. And uh, so they called me and said, you know, we need someone right away. How soon can you start? So I think I started about three or four days after we got home. So, you know, not much relaxing for me, but I just kind of jumped into it and uh, I was super excited. I think I might have cried, too, on the phone when I got the phone call because I was just so, so excited that, you know, this dream job that I that I had to decline a year earlier, a year and a half earlier uh, was was now offering me a full time position, so that was kind of kind of bittersweet in a way. So that was really exciting. Uh, what I didn't realize though was that my anxiety was really starting to show its true colors now. So it was coming out of the woodwork fast and furious, and uh, I didn't really realize what was happening to me at the time. So I started working. And I loved it. I loved my my supervisor was fantastic. I like I said I I had co-opted with them before, so I knew a lot of the the employees going in and some of the kids. And uh, it was an intense environment for sure. It's a it's a stressful job, but I loved it. I loved you know working with the kids. Um, the kids were fantastic. My my coworkers were so great. My supervisor was amazing. Um, I literally could not say anything bad about the job. It was perfect. So it should have been like a very positive experience. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, but it wasn't at the same time. Like I, I kind of had this feeling where I was super excited about it, but there was this thing blocking my excite my, my full excitement, if that makes sense. Um, I couldn't allow myself to get as excited as I thought I should have been. So that was kind of a sign now looking back. And, um, again, I didn't really know what was going on. I thought I just chalked up all of this, you know, nervousness and anxiety to being stressed. I thought I was just stressed out. What was, you know, what was going on with my family back home? I thought I lost all the weight and, you know, I was shaking cause I was stressed all the time. Um, which we'll soon learn that was not the case. Uh, although stress probably had a lot to do with it, it was not the full, the full thing. So yeah, so as we uh, move forward, um, I I had to do a first aid course, which is no surprise working with kids. Um, I've done a million and one first aid courses in my life, uh, especially with the field that, that I went to school for. Uh, I've had to do a bunch of them, so it was super easy. You know, it's about a one-week course, and on the Friday you do your, your practical kind of exam. Um, so we were sitting there midweek, and I just started – to feel nauseous and I started to feel 
lightheaded and dizzy and I, I couldn't, couldn't stop shaking. I could barely write my notes because I was shaking so much. Um, and I ended up actually, we were going to do, um, like a practical kind of, not a test, but we were just, we were just, you know, working with a mannequin and all that stuff. And I, I got up from my seat and I thought I was going to pass out. Like I would eat for sure. So I quickly grabbed the instructor, took him out in the hallway and I explained to, you know, my symptoms. He made me feel, you know, super, super relaxed. Uh, obviously he's a first aid instructor. So he was, you know, it was kind of the perfect opportunity for me to experience this in, in his, uh, in his care, I guess. Um, so he helped me get through it. Um, my little panic attack, I guess you could say. So because I was so dizzy and so lightheaded and shaky, Justin, my boyfriend, and ended up leaving work and coming to pick me up. And we went right to the, the walking clinic. So because I had never experienced this before, and Justin had never experienced it before either, like he's he's the one that's around me most often, and he couldn't even tell me what was going on. So he thought it was a good idea as well to go to the clinic. So that's what we did. And I was tested for a bunch of things. Like I said, MS was a big scare for me. So because it runs in my family. Um, so they, they did, you know, non-extensive tests for, for MS. They did, you know, thyroid tests and anything else that you can think of internally, um, to go along with the symptoms that I was having. Um, so we kind of went from there, kind of left it. And then I started, missing work. So this new dream job, I couldn't even bring myself to get in, go into in the morning. So what started happening was I would just sob uncontrollably when it was time to go to work. I would wake up short of breath, couldn't catch a breath, um, again, with the shakiness, all that stuff. And I just would sob when it was time to go out the door and I couldn't figure out why I was like, I just could not bring myself to be around people. I could not be, bring myself to, you know, get out of bed. So, uh, what ended up happening was Justin obviously again, noticed this and, um, he did his best to help me. I thank him so much. He would wake up early and, you know, make my favorite breakfast to try and help me start the day off right and uh, get into work. But even from there, like I couldn't even eat. I, I couldn't even, I didn't have an appetite. I would just cry and cry and cry. And uh, yeah, so, so that's what that, so I started calling in sick uh, a bunch of times and my supervisor got, you know, pretty concerned because she knew how important this job was to me. And, uh, she was with me through, you know, every step of the way I kept her in the loop as far as, you know, my health went and what was going on with me, even when I didn't know what was going on, she knew. So, you know, and she also, I, like I said, I had co-opt with her. So she had noticed how much weight I had lost and, and, you know, noticed the, the differences that maybe I didn't notice, um, coming back after two years. So. So she was with me every step of the way. She was super supportive. Um, what ended up happening was there was, you know, like I said, I couldn't get out of bed. My mom had come to visit me because at this time we were, were living with Justin's dad. So she had come to visit me because she knew, you know, I would talk to her on the phone and I would just be crying for no reason. And, you know, she was always, she, she, uh, dealt with anxiety as well when I was born. 
Um, and she was always really open about that with us. So it allowed me to be super open with the way that I was feeling as well, even, even though I didn't know how I was feeling, if that makes sense. Um, so she, she was a huge support system for me as well as Justin and, you know, my other family and friends. And she just had told me like, you know, it was one of these, these times that I couldn't get out of bed and I was on the phone with her. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night and I, I had been in bed all day. And you know, that by this point I had missed a few days off work and I remember talking to her and she just said to me, you know, you don't have to feel this way. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't like, it was kind of an eye opener for me. You know, like I thought this would just go away on its own and it, wasn't. So that's when that comment really hit home for me. And it really, you know, kind of changed my life, you know, her saying, you know, you don't, you don't need to feel this way. There are ways that you can, you can cope with this. So uh, I think that it was that night I hung up with my mom, I told Justin, and we went to the hospital. I'm pretty sure I dragged him to the hospital at 10 o'clock at night. So, and anybody in Canada that goes to the hospital in Emerge knows that it takes like five to six hours, <laughs> you know, and then you're it's on a good day. If Yeah, exactly. On a good day. So, uh, I dragged him to the hospital at 10 o'clock at night and I saw, you know, a bunch of doctors because before you go into crisis, um, which is where you go for mental health before you go into crisis, they have to intake you. So you have to speak to, you know, a regular doctor before you go into crisis. So I spoke with this doctor, um, and he was super awesome. Obviously he comes in the room and I'm sobbing my guts out. Couldn't stop crying for the life of me. I didn't even know why I was crying. I could just couldn't stop. I was just so sad. And, uh, he just kind of put his hand on my leg and said, you know what? you're doing the necessary steps to, to beat this. You can fight this and you don't have to live this way, you know, kind of reassuring what my mom said to me. So that kind of made me feel, you know, okay, I'm here. I did the necessary steps, you know, kind of it's all downhill from here. We will figure this out. So that's where it kind of, you know, a huge weight was lifted off of my chest, even just from that doctor saying what he said to me, it's, it's different hearing it from a medical professional, you know, than, than somebody else, you know, so that I think I really needed that. Um, so yeah, I went through and I spoke to, um, multiple doctors. I ended up going into crisis and speaking to uh, a psychiatrist there, which she kind of said, she said, uh, that I was bipolar just, just from the intake, um, which I'm not, I'm not bipolar, but she, she thought just from family history and the symptoms, uh, so she stuck me on this medication that made me gain like 20 pounds, like in the blink of an eye. So that was really hard. Um, uh, but again, at the time I had lost a bunch of weight, so it really wasn't too big a deal for me. I was kind of like, well, I need to put on some weight, so let's try it, you know? And I, I was kind of at a loss at that point, you know, I just wanted to feel better. So I was willing to try anything that the doctors suggested. Um, so from there, you know, I tried taking this, this bipolar medication, um, schedule an appointment with my actual psychiatrist, which takes about a month to get in to see them. So I took this, this bipolar medication, um, for a couple weeks and I started to feel super flat. Uh, I really didn't have any emotion. And if anybody knows me, I'm super bubbly. Uh, so, 
you could probably hear that over this conversation. I'm a very bubbly, outgoing kind of person, personality. Um, so that was super not like me to be flat and show no emotion, especially in the car. Me and Justin just love to, you know, sing and dance and rap and be crazy in the, in the car and to all these like different songs. And he was the only one singing. So even that was super weird for me. So, um, I would just sit out staring out the window you know, looking, looking at the cars going by and it just wasn't like me. So I, I, uh, when I met with my psychiatrist from there, you know, she put me on a different medication called Ciprolex and I've been using it ever since. So I think I've been on it for about two and a half going on three years now. And, uh, I feel great. (laughs) I feel more myself than I ever have. So that's kind of how I how I got to this this place. So, um, what I didn't mention, what I forgot to mention, was that I actually ended up quitting my job, my dream job. So I talked to my supervisor. It had been after I went to the hospital and got this bipolar medication. The next morning, I went in to my job and sat down, you know, alone with the supervisor, and we kind of we talked about things. And I told her about my hospital visit. And all that stuff. And we just kind of decided that it would be best for me to take some time off at that time just to, you know, work on my health and really get back on my feet. Um, she also told me that, you know, I would have a job there when I was ready to come back. So I really didn't feel any pressure leaving. I didn't feel like I was, you know, this was, oh, my God, I worked so hard to get this dream job. And now I have to go because my health is, you know, making me feel this way. So or my mind is making me feel this way. So she really gave me, put no pressure on me at all. Uh, she made me feel really good about the decision that I made. Um, so I was unemployed for a little bit while I was figuring out my medication. I started working again in retail with Christina back here in Oshawa because she had moved back with us as well. Um, so I worked retail just to, just to help me stay on my feet a little bit and, through that process, I mean, I talked to Justin, I talked to, you know, my friends and family and I was, I was, I had always loved photography. So it was just one of those things where I didn't necessarily want it to turn into a job because I would, I would hate it. And that's so wrong. That was so wrong of me to think. But, um, but at the time I was just worried about it turning into a job. It was such a hobby for me and I really loved it. So you know, I put it off for so long and then it started to appeal to me. The more, the more I kind of, the more time went by, the more months went by, you know, people asked me, you know, to take their photo and, and wanted to pay me to take their photos. So I said, sure. So I started doing that, um, a a little bit here and there. And, uh, yeah, so it just kind of snowballed into this, this thing that I didn't really expect. And actually Justin's sister, Nicole, tagged me in this this workshop wedding 101 workshop by uh, Jennifer Moher on Facebook and I just said you know what I have nothing else to lose you know I'm only working retail right now I really love photography let's see what this has to offer so I signed up for it um you know I went to it kind of skeptical about what I was going to experience and I walked out of there got into my car called Justin and said to him, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So 
it was a huge eye-opening experience. I think I ended up calling my mom. I called Joff and Christina, our best friends. Like, I called everybody. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. So it was just kind of that push that I needed and that eye-opening experience that I needed, I think. And the next day, I literally registered my business and started working on my website. So, was that, yeah. Was that something... <laughs> Like, that you would normally do? Like, were you the type of person to go to courses, go to classes? I, okay. So in high school, I was never fond of school. Uh, college kind of changed that for me. So like I said, I really loved my program and really loved what I was learning. So I think that made it a little bit easier for me to kind of change my view on school, if that makes sense. Um, I really loved it. And even though I lived in Oshawa and had to travel, you know, to Toronto every day, I would have to, some days I'd have to get up at four 30 in the morning and anybody that knows me, I am not a morning person. So the fact that that course was able to get me up that early, you know, there had to be something good about it. So it kind of shifted my whole, um, education experience, educational experience, I guess. So for me, learning something that I was interested in was just a no brainer. It was really easy for me to do courses and because I just wanted to learn that that's, you know, that's what you're there for. And that's all I wanted to do. So, uh, I just wanted to learn about photography. I wanted to learn about my camera and, and what I could do to freeze moments in time for people. So, and so what is it about photography that really captured your attention? Do you even know the answer well, to that? Yes, I do actually. Um, so again, before I should, I should have mentioned this before, but, uh, so there's been mental health in my family for, for years. Um, my dad actually passed away when I was 10. He, he suffered from mental health and he actually took his life. So that was a huge traumatic experience for me. And, uh, I think because he was the type of person that didn't like his picture taken, uh, we don't have many photos of him. We just have, you know, one of those Tupperware containers of, of photos. So, Again, like him not wanting his picture taken, I think kind of shifted something in me at a really early age, like wanting to document these moments for people so that they can remember them when their loved ones have passed or or what have you, you know, like I wish I had more pictures of my dad and me together. And uh, I think that that's kind of subconsciously, you know, why I kind of went into the field that I went into for behavior and why uh, I went into photography or I, you know, I picked up a camera at such an early age as well. Yeah. That like, it's been a long, long journey for you. Like definitely has. Yeah. Kind of moving to the East coast was, you know, in some ways it just by the story might sound like a, like a negative thing, but it sounds like it was actually the start of a struggle, which, (laughs) which led ultimately to where you are now. Like every time I have these conversations with people, the, thing that i find so interesting and captivating is that like every time someone has a really big struggle in their life it always leads to something beautiful in the end of it and i think that's an inspiring thought because like next time you're going through something really horrible like bad things are going to happen you can just Mm -hmm. hopefully take comfort or a little bit of comfort just knowing that this might lead to something better so just something like to think about just to be aware of um exactly so i guess like the, the next point for for you is like you know what are your two or three like tips that you've learned or, or like mental health things that you would want to share with people? Honestly, just, you know, patience and persistence is huge. Um, 
you got to be persistent, especially for your medications. Um, you know, not all that's sometimes you have to go through a few medications until you find the right one. And that's just being persistent and talking to your doctor and keeping your doctor informed of how you're feeling and your support system for that matter as well. Your support system is, is everything, you know, they're, they're the ones that help you get through times like this. So having a really great support system is key. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, tons of people. It just has to be, you know, supportive people. So the right people to help you get through things like this. So having a support system and being persistent and, you know, constantly following up on your medications and making sure that you find the one that's right for you. And like I said, some people go through like five different medic. I've talked to people that go through like five different medications until they find the right one. And, you know, sometimes they feel at a loss at, at, at some points, you know, like, when is this going to work for me? And then, you know, the magical, the magical one works, the last one works. So you just have to be persistent. You have to be patient though. Uh, it does, it's not going to happen overnight, especially with, you know, starting your own business as well. Like I was just persistent. I bugged everybody, you know, like I just, I kept going. And even though, um, obviously I'm still learning and I'm still not where I want to be. I'm, you know, I'm still very far from where, where I plan to be in the next couple of years. I'm still learning and I'm still being persistent and that's all that I can ask for. And that's all that I can do, you know, in life and in business. I, well, I think you just talked about, um, two very important things. One that you're persistent. I think that's super undervalued. And two, you yeah. have a vision. So you actually have a vision of where you want to be. And if you're persistent, yeah. and you have that vision. I think that's kind of kind of going to guide you in the right direction. Um, yeah. So like, kind of going back to like starting your own business. Like based off what I knew about you, I wouldn't say that you're going to start your own business. I know for sure you're smart enough to have the capabilities, but it's not something that I would have just guessed. So like, what what led yeah. you down that path? Well, obviously it was a partially because you want to take photos, but starting your own business is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, actually it was, it was really scary, obviously, <laughs> but, um, again, like I had nothing to lose. I was just working retail. Um, by that point I had been out of my job, I think for at least six months, um, and I still wasn't ready to go back. So I was starting to kind of visit other um, opportunities and other things that I could do. I was, I was starting to, you know, see what I could do with my schooling, what I could do, you know, again, photography was always something that was on my mind. I had always, always loved it. I had always, and again, I didn't want it to be a job. So I was, I was still in that kind of within those six months, I was still kind of like, okay, do I, do I start a business? Do I make this my business? And, and uh, it just, you know, Justin really pushed me. He was super supportive about it. Him and Joff would, uh, we would set up like a little backdrop in the basement and like do like modeling kind of shots for them. It was actually looking back, it's hilarious, but they really helped me. Like they really helped me, you know, follow my dream, I guess you could say. Um, another huge supporter of me is, is my friend, Lisa. Her name's Lisa Smith. Um, She's so amazing. She she actually asked, she believed in me when I didn't even realize I wanted to be a, a photographer. Like this was years and years ago before I had a business. I only owned a camera and she came to me through a mutual friend and she said, you know, I, you know, I'm having a baby. I want you to take my photos. Can I pay you to take my photos? So I was like, yeah, sure. So every now and again, you know, people would pay me and it started to get increasingly busier uh, and 
everyone that I talked to, oh, why aren't you a photographer? Why aren't you doing this? Like, you're so talented, blah, blah, blah. I was getting a lot of great feedback from people. You know, I just, I guess I just didn't see my own worth at the time. And again, being afraid to uh, turn it into a job was my, my biggest worry. I didn't want, want to hate it because, you know, everybody hates their job. It's like a rule in this society. So um, I was really worried about that. And um, growing up, I kind of always wanted to be an entrepreneur. All this stuff happened. And it was just honestly, I chalked it up to nothing to lose. I really had nothing to lose. Uh, if you've ever registered a business, anybody has ever registered a business, it costs like $60. Um, so the only thing that I really had to pay for at the time was my website, uh, which I ran a free trial for a month just to see if, you know, just to see if it was something that was going to take off for me. So yeah, it was just basically like nothing left to lose. I, I had my dream job. I quit my dream job. I was unemployed, well, technically unemployed, still working every now and again at, at this retail job just to kind of keep me on my feet. Um, and keep me busy. And yeah, I was just at the point where I was like, I, you know, I think, I think I want to go a different route than behavior. And I think I really, you know, photography is such a passion for me and why not create memories for people? So that's kind of how I, I came to this place. <laughs> that's kind of how I got, got this to this place, you know, nothing left to lose hitting kind of rock bottom for me. And my story might not be as intense as some people's, but for me, that was rock bottom. So I, I think your your story is pretty inspirational. Uh, I definitely don't try to take away from yourself in any way in that sense. And yeah. like you've done a lot of amazing things, and I think this journey for you has been really long. But I also think that like this is just the beginning for you as well. So mm. so and the reason I bring that up is because people are gonna want to watch you. You know where you go. Like this journey's just beginning. Let's get online. Let's support yep. Megan and let's see where she ends up. And if that's their attitude, where do they find you? Oh, Megan Ernst, everything. So it's not Megan Ernest. So a lot of people add add a second <laughs> e. It's just Megan Ernst. <laughs> uh, but it's basically Megan Ernst, everything. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a web page. Um, I actually have Pinterest as well for my business. I used to just use it personally because I flip and love Pinterest. Uh, but I found that it's a huge tool for me for my business. So I'm on, I'm on Pinterest as well. And, uh, yeah. So Instagram, Facebook, um, webpage, Pinterest, you can find me basically everywhere. And I'll make sure that those are in the show description. So if you are curious, you can find them there. And then Perfect. the last part is always just like a silly question, and it is your favorite TV show right now. Okay, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, that is an amazing one. <laughs> we love it. We just, yeah, Justin and I just finished watching it, and it is the best. Andy Samberg is hilarious, as well as every single other cast member in that show. They're just so great. Um, I also am a huge Friends nerd. I was going to say fan, but it's more like a nerd because I have clothing. I have, you know, everything. I love Friends. It's I watch it pretty much every day, and it's crazy. <laughs> relate to on that show the most? Who are you? Which friend are you? Oh, my God. That's such a good question. I think, like, a little bit of Chandler and a little bit of Phoebe because I'm a little weird. Like everyone's a, like, but like, like, there's no just one. It's like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm a little bit of Chandler because I'm super goofy and all that good stuff. But, like, I'm also Phoebe because I'm a little weird in that sense. And I'm a little bit of a hippie, I guess you could say. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, Meg, I really appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable and telling us your story. I know it's not easy to do, so I applaud you for that. I really appreciate your time. And, uh, again, just thank you so much.
Thank you so much for having me. And you're right, it is super hard to be vulnerable, but I'm starting to learn that, you know, that's necessary in growth to be vulnerable. So and there's going to be someone out there that hears this that can relate, and there's a very good chance you're going to help someone today. So we commend you for that. Thank you. That's all I want to do. I want to help all the people. So. <laughs> all right. You have a good one. Thank you, Chris. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I took a lot out of that and what I gather from Megan, you know, if you're looking at tools for success in life, uh, persistence, vision, try new things, being open-minded, asking good questions, having a support system, and being passionate are all things that Megan used to get her to where she is now. And I applaud her for coming on here today and being vulnerable and telling us about that because I think we can all take something from it, apply it to our own lives. Hit up the show notes if you want to find Megan's social feed. It'll be posted there. And please, 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 if you enjoy this content, leave an iTunes review. That is super important. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Hope you guys have a super good day.